Hi, my name is Wendy Mott. And I'm Jason Innes. And this is the Chef Pod. Where we're sowing the seeds for the future of the culinary industry. So I'm really excited today. Uh, we have gathered around in this room where we are going to be talking about celebrations. Yeah, celebrating celebrations and traditions with yeah. some, some faculty and chefs and students from the George Brown Chef School. So welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for coming. So um, just starting off, we have Rahul from India. We have Chef David Wolfman. We have Chris, who's here from China. And we have TG, who's visiting us from the Philippines. So welcome. And you're all part of the the chef school in in different ways. Rahul, do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and where you're from? Yeah, my name is Rahul. I'm from Mumbai in India. And I've just come to Canada last month. So this is my first time uh, outside India. Fantastic. Welcome. And Chef Wolfman, you're from the Hawklep First Nations in British Columbia. You are a professor at the, at the Chef School. You're an author. You're an Indigenous fusion chef. And am I missing anything there, Chef? Yeah, actually, uh, I'm a graduate of the program. I was here at George Brown in 1977 to 81 doing a four-year apprenticeship. So, yeah. So I sat in the seats the same as the students are sitting. So, and, and loved it then, and I even love it more now. That's great. So it's awesome to have you on the, on the show. Thanks Thank for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And Chris, you're from, you're from China. That's Tell us correct. a little bit about yourself. Hi, uh, my name is Chris. I'm from China. Uh, I got into culinary because I really like cooking. Great. Welcome, TG. Uh, yes. So my name is TG and I came all the way from the Philippines. So I'm pretty excited with this program called Culinary. I love food. And, and TG, I understand that you were a second, uh, secondary school teacher in the Philippines? Yes. Actually, I'm just so glad that it reminds me on who am I and what I used to teach in the Philippines. I basically teach high school to do basic uh, cooking stuff at home. Oh, wow. Great. So are you learning some stuff at the chef school? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So why don't we sort of get right into this? Um, it's We're on the eve of, of Thanksgiving, which is, a, which is a big sort of celebration in Canada for, for families. Um, so we celebrate Thanksgiving and think of it more as a, as a family um, tradition, but really it, its roots are a lot deeper than that. Um, it goes back to 1621 in the, in Plymouth, Massachusetts, where, um, essentially the, the colonists were, were starving. And so they received help from the, the Wapanog first nation and to help them get through, get through the winter. Um, one of the things that, that historians sort of argue about now as we celebrate this this Thanksgiving is we don't realize the other side of that story. And then that was viewed by different groups in different ways. So why don't we start off with you, uh, Chef Wolfman, and a little bit about celebrations in, in your culture and your history. We have a lot of different celebrations. We have naming ceremonies. We even have a Thanksgiving address that we do, uh, which is at the beginning of the meals. And even my mom, I remember... When I came home, I was five years old, and I said, hey, we're celebrating Thanksgiving. My mom said, we don't wait. Traditionally, we didn't wait for one day to say thanks. We say thanks at every meal. So 
It was like, and I said, well, explain it. And so I tried to explain it as a five-year-old to my teacher at school, and which opened up a bunch of questions for me, because I, I didn't really understand it. But we have naming ceremonies. We have feasts, sun, sun ceremonies, so the, the beginning of the year for food. We even have land acknowledgement. And uh, in our land acknowledgement, whenever we have gatherings, we usually uh, thank the people. If we're in a topical, we, we thank different groups of people for the land acknowledgement. So we would say... These are the traditional territories of the Mississauga New Credit, as Seneca, depending on where we are. And so we always would acknowledge that at the beginning, which is really nice to hear now because that, uh, that is a way of thanking uh, people for the land. And I'm really glad you brought that up, Shelf Wolfman, because this is something that we, that we struggle with. Um, we didn't want to start this episode off with an actual land acknowledgement because really because we didn't want it to seem like we were only doing it because you were here with us today. Right. So it, it, for me, it's, um, it's a, a sticky issue and would love to hear your, your feedback on that. Is it, is that something that we should be doing every time or is it really, a, is, should we do it because it's a celebration of recognizing that we have you here as a guest? Well, I, I think uh, the, the way it is uh, or the way it should be is that it should be, done because here we are um we're we're gathered today to whatever event we're doing and uh, and we're gathered right here in this land and so it, it would be no different than if we were uh being held a conference in hollywood at a, or wherever in some somebody's home and well thank you for bringing us to your home so it, it really would be like that so i think it's uh, uh, although some some people look at it as really political and I, I think it's just respect, you know, and it just comes yeah. down to that. I mean, I really like it because right now I feel like there's a sense of ceremony because uh, unfortunately with the introduction of this as something new to so many new Canadians all, all the time, it seems like something that we need to do at every assembly. But I really like how your mom explained that we should be giving thanks every day. And it would be really nice as we normalize this and it becomes something where we just acknowledge the land we're all sharing. And we acknowledge that we are sharing it with people that came before us that are sharing it with us and those that are arriving every day. So I, I love that we could start it today, whether or not we call it ceremony or not, but just to acknowledge that. We're, we are celebrating celebrations today, so. Well, so, Chef, could we invite you to um, to give a land acknowledgement? Today? Yeah, absolutely. Now, just before I do that, I also want to say something like, which is, and I, I really respect what you're saying, and thank you very much for doing this. But I also want to say that uh, every culture has their way of yes. saying thank you. You know, uh, when I traveled around the world, I remember going to people's homes, and they said, well, you have to have the soup before you even take your shoes right. off. And I was like... Oh, excellent, right? Yeah, and, you know, yeah. because you just, and that was part of the respect. You know, you go to your Aunt Mary's house and she has the apple pie. You have to do And so it's a matter of respect. So um, we have one uh, for the, the downtown area here. And um, so I'm going to just say it here. Uh, so we'd like to acknowledge and honor that we are here on the historical territory of the Huron, Wendat, the Peyton, the Seneca, uh, and today the Mississauga do credit Indigenous people who have a treaty relationship with Canada. And, and again, uh, that, that's how we would start. And a lot of times it would be the elder saying that. And, uh, and, and it's not strange to us because we would always, uh, in any gathering, thank, uh, thank you, Jason, for having yeah. us in your house or thank you, uh, Georgetown College, whatever it is. Right, so, it's a, so it was just part of it, and uh, which is nice to, to have that respect. All right. Thank you, Chef. So Rahul, what festival would you like to talk about today or celebration from India? 
well, I would like to talk about Diwali, but uh, just to acknowledge something Sharf Wolpen said uh, just now, is that uh, acknowledging our elders and the food we eat, uh, this is something that uh, most of the Indians do at every meal. And they uh, thank their grandmothers and mothers or the Lord as well, whosoever uh, gives them, provides them with food. And they pray in different manners. Uh, sometimes on special occasions, they might even sprinkle a few drops of water around the plate going counterclockwise. You know, they'll just say it for special occasions. So even if we ask our mothers, what is that done for? So some might have the answers, some might not. They'll be like, we have just been doing since this many years, that's all. I actually really like that about tradition, that some of the things that i grown up doing at every holiday, every festival... We just do something that we have no idea what it means. And I've asked a couple of times to my mom and she literally has no idea either why we do some of these practices, which I kind of like that we're just respecting tradition tradition, yeah. and it doesn't need to have a reason. But so what is what is Diwali celebrate? Diwali is actually a five festival and it's being uh, just before I start, I want to add that it's been celebrated in many states and by many different cultures. So they have like different variations. Some celebrate have a three day, some have a five day and they are celebrated in different styles. So where I come from in Mumbai, in the state of Maharashtra, uh, it is celebrated for five days and it's called the Festival of Lights. So in those five days, you know, one day we celebrate as a day of fortune. We call it Dhanteras. So people uh, pray their wealth assets like I wouldn't say assets, you know, uh, they pray their gold coins. If they have, they'll take them out. They'll pray to them or the uh, wealthy things. That's for the goddess of wealth. We call Lakshmi. Lakshmi? So we, yeah. So we keep the, let's say, gold coins in front of the goddess. And we do a small uh, puja, we call it. So we pray for them. That's the first day. And then the second day is day of knowledge. So Narakshatudashi. It is called, and that's a very typical Marathi name, which is the local dialect. And so in this, we pray for Lord Krishna and we prepare lots of sweets as well. And the third what, kind, day, what kind of sweets? Ah, there are many. I'll just get back to you okay. in a moment. Yeah, I'll just go very quickly. So the third day is uh, the Diwali day. Lord Rama, uh, when he came, to, came back to Ayodhya, his homeland, after defeating the evil uh, Ravan, and so people wanted to celebrate, but the there was no moon that day. And so in the ancient time, it was all dark. So people lit up a few lamps with ghee. And uh, so it's just been a tradition that's been following on. Now people light up their houses with lamps, even the electrical ones. They call it kandil with various shaped, shapes and sizes like that. And so a couple of more days ahead, uh, New Year. And then Bhaiduj, uh, that means a celebration of love between siblings, brother and sister. So brothers usually go to the homes of their sisters and they exchange sweets and the gifts as well. Wow. And coming to the sweets part of it. Yeah. So we have a feast during Diwali. It's called Farar in my local tongue. So in this feast, uh, it mostly includes sweet and savory items. So these are just small munchies. They are not meals per se. So the tradition is that uh, in every household, this farah is prepared where there can be many a uh, number of items from five items to at least six dishes or 10 dishes, in fact. 
and uh, they are sweet and savory so there are a few things like chuda which is flattened rice which is uh, sauteed in spices like turmeric and uh, mustard seeds and there's got chakli which is again a fried uh, item made of gram flour batter it kind of looks like a churro so you can uh, imagine <laughs> yeah and so we got laddus you might have heard about laddus the uh, desserts basically round balls of uh, sugar and flour any kind of flour they are like hundreds of varieties of laddus i cannot even go into it right now <laughs> and shankar pie this is my personal favorite these are small uh, diamond shaped uh, dough things you know they are like kind of made like donuts they taste even better than donuts i'll say that all right <laughs> yeah and these are my favorite thing they are also fried in ghee sometimes So a lot of these snacks they sound wonderful and you said that they're not actually a meal. So when you're sharing these are you eating them together sitting down or is this something that you just exchange and stand and eat? Yeah, so uh, usually what happens is on every day of Diwali during breakfast um at my home at least they don't prepare a normal breakfast like let's say eggs and all. So uh we prepare uh, all these things which are ready and we just get them on a plate and we share them like like a family of three would share in one Seated plate like that yeah okay and one more thing about sharing is that all these things are made in almost all the households so they are exchange you know like i'm i'm your friend so i'll make these things i'll pack them up i'll get them to your house to taste so you will do the same for me and Someone do they taste do the- very different from family to family yeah it's very different and totally depends because many families nowadays obviously because of the time issues uh, mm. many families just get it from outside it's purchased yes but uh, from previous generations like our grandmothers and st- everyone uh, they used to prepare everything at home so yeah that's how it's been uh, changing now everything is available in shops and everything is available throughout the year earlier it was very special because they were just available in that part of the year and they were homemade now diwali five days celebration yes and anything else that happens in in the five days oh yes a lot happens <laughs> yeah uh, people shop a lot because it's considered it's considered uh, auspicious throughout the country so there are many even sales going on like you guys have the thanksgiving sale here i guess mm-hmm. so in the same way we have diwali sale diwali bonus is given from the workplaces wow. so people literally get 1.5 times of their regular salary for oh, diwali fantastic. so they have to shop for all these major things so people take televisions computers oh, wow. mobiles uh, cars and like trucks in there right yeah and gold that's the main thing gold so they buy gold they may, might even as i mentioned uh, you know put it on the in front of the goddess to pray for it and when is diwali diwali is during usually during the months of october and november so, so right now uh, this time it's on 28th of october oh, fantastic yeah So so would Diwali be considered one of the largest um celebrations or festivals in India? Yes, definitely yes because it's being as I mentioned earlier it's been celebrated in multiple states. Mm-hmm. I cannot even count like maybe 10 to 12 different states. So hold on a second. If we if we just go back to this concept of food in India. Anytime I talked to anybody from India, they the the I had uh, lunch on Saturday and the the question that was to me do you like south indian food or north indian food right and i know i've been to india and india is quite large how many states in india there are 29 states 29 states yeah. in india so when someone asks you do you like north indian food or south indian food do you respond with yes or no or do you say what do you say no 
because that's a very uh, you know in the different context my answers would be different because uh, not Indian food also depend uh, includes a lot of many uh, other different items it's just not a general term like north mm-hmm. indian food because if you just count the north itself there will be 10 different states so yeah. you cannot just <laughs> specify you know, there's one cuisine yeah. same thing with the south indian food there are five different states and they have five different types of uh, cuisines yeah. so you just cannot like generalize so if a indian guy is asking me i'll be like what exactly do you mean if someone <laughs> else is asking me i'll, I'll just you know I like all Indian food. I don't answer something like that. So that that that's yeah. my that's my go to answer. I love all Indian food <laughs> yeah. as well too. But I find that's that's the go go to every time I'm asked is you like North North Indian or South Indian cuisine. So so I love I love it all. So yeah, exactly. fantastic. And uh, sorry, uh, one more thing I'd like to add is uh, during Diwali uh, we also burst a lot of firecrackers. Okay. We as in like the kids and all. It's a pretty big deal for them. Yeah. So that's the only point you know. uh environmentally it's maybe it's not good i feel for 3 or 4 days whatever they burst <laughs> firecrackers a lot of them so in case you want to sleep during diwali it might be difficult <laughs> so yeah that's one thing you know along with the festival of lights there comes noise as well okay maybe we'll touch back on you to find out a little bit more about food yeah definitely yeah. so tj do you want to talk a little bit about the philippines and your festival in philippines oh yeah definitely in the philippines we have different types of festival depend- depending on their crops and uh, in each community they have their own festivities as well but i'd rather talk about the longest celebration that we have in the philippines which is christmas okay yeah once you hear the word bur from september up to the first week or second week of january like we feel christmas so you see christmas lights every single day from september up to january oh. so, yes you go to the mall it feels like uh, it feels like you're even in north america they're trying to imitate snow they're putting like uh, fake um, what do you call that pine trees everywhere and that's a big deal for the philippines What what does what kind of food is eaten around Christmas? Uh for Christmas like normally on the table during the Christmas Eve we use like until now we need to have ham. Like we need to have ham on the table and we call like we have like a cheddar cheese type we call it queso de bola because we we are kind of Chinese and Spanish um uh what's that? Origin? Origin in terms of food. Mm-hmm. So we normally have that during during uh, christmas eve okay well what other what other types of sides or 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 dishes would be served uh, alongside the ham alongside the ham normally whatever food like the more food you have on the table that means you have more means to purchase those food like technically <laughs> since since i was a kid like in our home like I guess we only had it twice mm-hmm. <laughs> before I came to Canada. Okay. That's a, a status symbol actually. Okay, so to have a to have a large feast uh festival around Christmas would be regarded as a, a status symbol, so Yes. And the good thing about it is, is like maybe I'll just talk on on like uh, I'll just connect it to my childhood experience. Mm-hmm. During Christmas sometimes it's better to to roam around the community mm-hmm. like not each not each door like try their food right like mm-hmm. have something else to eat and everybody does the same thing and we used and as a kid we used to have the, we practice caroling so yeah that's that's the best thing about christmas 
it's really for kids and that's why that's what i miss up to now okay so like the connection with your neighbors and the giving yes, food exactly and yes, playing nice. outside until like middle of the night waiting for christmas eve I mean, I think a lot of celebrations and traditions come from conviviality and community and hanging out and parties with your family and with your friends, with food always inadvertently attached to it exactly. in some sort of way. Yeah. Um, sounds like there's a theme between the two of you where there's a little bit of celebration towards auspiciousness and um, status or being able to have an abundant table. And that's something that is you want to share if kids knock on your door because you have food to share, you have food to give. Is there something similar along the lines for you, Chris, or is there another holiday you'd like to yeah, share? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I was going to talk about Spring Festival. Uh, it's definitely the biggest festival in China and uh, a lot a lot of Asian countries as well. Um, Spring Festival is also known as uh, the Chinese New Year uh-huh. or uh, Lunar New Year uh, because it's, it's the new year of... Uh, the lunar cal- calendar. Um, a little bit of history about it. It's um, thousands of years ago. Uh, there used to be a monster uh, called the Nian, and uh, what that means is he's he's called the year. So basically, the monster is year. Every year, year comes back, and uh, he eat the babies. Um, so the only two ways to defeat the 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 monster will be uh, metal and. Uh, loud noise. So what people do, people will give, give their children, um, instead of metals, they'll give them, them coins. And it, it evolves into monies nowadays, but it used to be coins. And, and for the noise, people would just use a firecracker. Uh, so that's the, both of the traditions stay like till nowadays. Um, but instead of coins, people give real money and send the right, right envelope. Uh, it's just a tradition. Kids love it because you get free money every year. <laughs> you save them up for the candies later on. Um, and for the fire- firecrackers, uh, it's really not a good thing. It makes a lot of noise right now. It's uh, sometimes like the first day of uh, New Year, six in the morning, people will be <laughs> people will be using that. And it gets real loud. And uh, just like environmental wise, it's just not a good thing. Um, You'd be going outside on on the first day of the new year, and everything is like so cloudy. It just it looks mm-hmm. bad. It's really not a good thing. So, what kind of celebrations actually happen for the spring festival? Uh, people normally just it's just a get together for the family because uh, most time, most time, uh, most people, most most of the family members will be working maybe outside of the the country or somewhere else and uh spring festival would, would just be like a good time for everybody to get together uh because in most of the the asian countries you get a you get a couple weeks off yeah it's like two weeks sp- holiday yeah mm-hmm. uh so everybody would come back and uh you get to see the relatives you haven't been seeing for for a year or sometimes even longer and you eat you eat yeah definitely yeah there's a lot of meals <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of meals a lot of food a lot of celebratory meals and feasts I'm sorry? A lot of feasts? Oh, 100%, 100%. In uh, some level, I would say it's even wasteful because nowadays everybody's a little bit richer than, than they used to be and uh, the the meals are kind of just a way to show off uh, instead of actually having a good meal with your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, uh, on the first day of uh, New Year, 
uh, we'll, all the family members will get together. Uh, Grandpa will be cooking, and uh, we'll all be making dumplings together. That's like that's that's really a good moment because you get to make food together. What kind of dumplings? Uh in my family, there usually be uh, two types of it: the veg, the veggie ones, the so-called veggie ones, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and and the meat ones. <laughs> uh, the veggie ones will be um, is normally leek and. Uh, Eggs, it's not really veggie, but <laughs> yeah, for some people. Um, and the, the meat ones will be normally lamb, sometimes sometimes beef, or uh, even pork. Okay. Yeah. Great. That sounds delicious. I grew up in Canada, but I do have a Chinese background. And I my, my sister's in-law side of the family, they always make dumplings. So I'm always envious when I hear that families come together to make dumplings. Whereas my family's a little bit more, I guess, Canadianized. And we grew up where I was looking forward to the turkey and the ham with pineapples from a can (laughs) stuck all over it uh, for Thanksgiving or any kind of celebration. But when it did come to Chinese New Year's, that's what we celebrated. It would always be a feast of Chinese food. And all the dishes would be phonetically sounding like something of an auspicious wish. So there would be a a soup that would have dried oysters. And if you say dried oysters in Cantonese, it also sort of sounds like saying wealth or good news. And you would have a soup full of good news and you would have um, a dish full of chestnuts and they looked a little bit like little boys. So that would be a good year to make babies. And it would always be something related to another phonetically sounding well wish. And I, I waited for that all year because and you say it's wasteful, but I was like, I ate leftovers for a week. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, most, most times <laughs> it is. Yeah, most times. Yeah. Wow. Chef Wolfman, what do you <laughs> celebrate and, and how? Well, we had, uh, growing up in the city here, my mom left the reserve. So we grew up in the city. So I'm considered an urban native. Or, so I always used to joke about it. I came from the biggest reserve in Toronto, which was Regent Park. Right? <laughs> so we had the usual celebrations of Christmas. And, and like I said about Thanksgiving, but... We, um, every once in a while, my mom would uh, just out of nowhere say, you know, this is a celebration for uh, when the salmon are coming. And what we had is we had what was called ecological indicators. Uh, when I back, went back home and, and met with uh, some of my cousins and that, and what they, what they said was um, when the buttercup came out, it was kind of an orangey color, the buttercup, a yellow-orange. That was the time to go and get the salmon. So we had this, we, we listened to the earth. And then when the rose came out, it was a time for the spring salmon. So we would go down and get the salmon. And we even, when we took our salmon uh, from the river, I was uh, down by the Fraser River, they would take the innards out uh, of the salmon and then share it with the bears because we believed if we didn't share it with the bears, well, the bears would either eat all of our salmon that we were waiting to dry or eat us. And it wasn't, wasn't a matter of the, it was a, a fear of that, but it was more of a, we're not here alone. Like this is, this, this is the way. And so we had, um, um, we would take the salmon, take the innards out, take some salmon up to eat with it, and then we'd get the rest ready to preserve. And so we'd bury it right by the river. And um, there was a sort of a sacred area. And they had this really interesting way that they would take the eggs of some of the, 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 the salmon and they would smudge it. And when we were down there um, getting all the fish, they had this area that they, they would take that smudged eggs and put them all around the outside. And, and I remember when they were telling me this, I thought, so you're putting caviar around an area 
that's smoked caviar and you're telling me the bears don't like it because they said that it it would protect them. And a couple of my cousins said, I don't believe it, but they they saw some bears around, but also it's because they shared it as well and uh, sort of a, not not close, but a, a distance away. So you can't, in, back in the city when your mom brought that up, you guys would actually celebrate out east as well? Yeah, yeah. That, uh, well, my mom would just bring it up and say, you know, we should have some salmon today. And I remember even going to the store and my mom getting really sad looking at the salmon in the store saying, you know, look at the salmon. I'm thinking, isn't it great? And she says, no. It's like we would just go and get abundances of it. And now we have to pay and it's it's not even that great. And it's just the one type. And, it's, and you know, and... And I didn't really understand it, I thought, and until I actually went back home and, and started realizing. Uh, and then they also, when they would dry the salmon, they would had um, they would cut the salmon open, and they would cut it from the back, and it made a certain sound. And it was the sound of this. Some say grasshopper, some say cricket. Makes this sound uh, when it gets warm out. Uh, this um, um, uh, grasshopper or cricket, like depending on which elder you ask, makes this clicking sound to, to cool down. Well, they said that's the same sound that you got to make when you cut the, the back bones of the salmon. So that was the time to go down and, and like, well, they would bury the salmon in the sand. They would take it out now and it was warm enough that it would dry. So it was really interesting that the, the celebration of all of these were were related to the earth. So And it was an ecological indicator. So they would listen and say that this is the time. And, they, you know, I laughed at one of my cousins that said, our uh, iPhone doesn't tell us when to go, right? And, mm -hmm. yeah. so we look around. And, yeah. And, yeah. And they even had the one where they would look up uh, in one area where my mom was from. <clears throat> they would look up and um, there was a mount uh, at the top of the mountain. They, they had this name for the salmon, which was um, sort of the, the first spring salmon. And they said they called it a uh, horse with no head. Hmm. And I thought, where does that come from? And everybody had a different version of it. Hmm. But my... my um, um, uncle, uh, he was really funny because he came up and he said, okay, see that, see up there, see the top of the mountain? It looked like a horse, right? And he said, well, when that snow melts off the horse's head, the, head, the horse had its head down. When that snow is gone, that means it's time to go down there. And that's where it came from, from the old people, right? And they used to right. call it the old people, right? The, the term, right? So it was really neat how we had these celebrations that were dictated not by time or day, uh, but by, by, by season or by the... Listening, so it was the it was the earth talking to Being us. Being connected to and, the and, earth. and we would respect it. So yeah. talking about the red uh, paper that you put the coin in, we also when we gave people, uh, if we asked somebody to come, we put tobacco, we wrap it in bread mm -hmm. because it, was, it, it meant it was protected, right? So there was a lot of similarities in a lot of yeah. cultures across the world. Well, even how, uh, T.G., you mentioned how before you talked about Christmas, mm -hmm. a lot of your festivals all were around the crop. Yeah. And celebrating, I guess, the fruitful crop or the fruitful harvest? It's a mostly celebration for the harvest, yeah. And do you have a big feast around that one or two different types of crops? Or was it just everyone coming together, helping you guys collect the vegetables? And uh, then... What they do nowadays is that it's like a sort of cooperative thing that they're going to like share each other. And they're having those biggest thing like biggest strawberry cake festival longest uh, longanisa or the sausage everybody's doing the same thing just to have a record and just to unite people hmm. for the for the same uh, for the same product or for the same crop i think it's pretty amazing the magic that that is sort of interspersed between everyone's celebrations and everyone's culture. There's a connection to the land, there's a connection to family, and then there's a connection to something else as well too that we all sort of have this collective belief in that really makes 
us distinct and diverse and yeah. interesting and, and wonderful. Can are there are there Diwali celebrations in Canada? Uh, not that I'm aware of because they, we have a pretty big Indian community here, mm-hmm. like down in Brampton mm-hmm. and so. But I'm not aware of it. I just came like last month. Okay, so I'm so on that. <laughs> <laughs> you need to let us know. Yes. <laughs> and but yeah, uh, I've uh, heard that there are a lot of celebrations in uh, London because there too we have a big Indian population. Mm-hmm. So Diwali is celebrated in London. Not aware about the firecrackers though because mm-hmm. that'll need some rules and regulations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure, it has to shift everywhere we go, yes. yeah. And we have a massive spring festival here in Toronto, for oh, sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you go to Chinatown, you can see uh, there will be like street artists just doing shows and stuff. And uh, if you go to like any restaurant, there will be like special dishes just for the new year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My kid, my kids love dumplings, so we usually celebrate by making our own dumplings at oh, home. And cool, cool. I, I know we're not—I mean, we're not culturally appropriating another another <laughs> culture, but we, we're <laughs> definitely, we're, yeah, we're definitely <laughs> celebrating alongside for, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, Chef Wolfman, what what would be look would we be looking forward to for another uh, next celebration? Well, I um, uh, we we have many celebrations in our household because um, Marlene, my wife, uh, her family are very musical, so. We have what we call sing songs, where it's not really a time, it's not really a date. It's like we're going to have a sing song and everybody gets together and we all pray on the guitars and the, the banjos and the drum or whatever and, and do that. So we do that quite, well, we don't do it as, as much as I'd like to do because, you know, the time constraints of our lives. Um, but we also do uh, celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we there's basically two families that share the responsibilities now that that well, both my mom has passed and uh, Marlene's dad has passed. So it's now our, our turn to take it over. We're actually waiting for the next generation to start. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we keep hinting at that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, it, it's a matter of getting together. And, and it's it's really neat to hear where people are. And it's really neat to to hear about my nephews and nieces and, and my sisters and my dad of, of, of what we're doing. And, and it's usually an exchange of gifts. Now, it's not the most important part. I, I think it's the important part is getting together and laughing. Uh, it's one of the things mm-hmm. about when I'm back home in BC, uh, I, I usually end up with um, like a really sore stomach because we're <clears throat> we kind of make fun of ourselves. You know, like we don't make fun of people. We kind of oh, I, I was doing this and I dropped the fish outside when I was you know and it was like you know when we were doing things and and it's just a it's just once it's, it's sort of contagious once you start laughing we do that right so the, the, most of our feasts and our celebrations are positive but we also have some other celebrations that. That are like um, um, one of them that uh, we do is a potlatch, and uh, so, and um, depending on which group of people you ask across the nation, because there's thousands and thousands of different what we want to call tribes or band councils or, or different dialects uh, as well uh, of people, and uh, according to some of my relatives, they said uh, basically what it was was you would get to a certain age in your life, I guess just. Uh, after you retire, and, and part of that would be that um, you would bring the community together and you give away everything that you had. And it wasn't like it wasn't like you're accepting death. It's nothing like that. Which a lot of people say, "Oh, so you guys are about to die?" And I was like, "No, no, no, it's not." But the whole celebration was is that here we are. We've done uh, we've done our our, our, our uh, lived our life, and and now so we share what we have, and it, it's like the community is going to take care of us. And it's really neat. Now the the potlatch was outlawed in Canada. Why was that? Well, I think um, uh, according to some things that I've read, 
is that there was all these values of things that were given away, right? And so uh, I, I do recall reading one point that somebody said, well, how are we going to tax that? Oh. Or how, you know, you can't just give these things away because that belongs to you. And so I think that, I mean, it depends on who you ask, but I think that was, uh, I, I want to say that's one of the things that I've heard of, of why it was uh, outlawed. But I also think it was something to do with our language too, right? Because we weren't allowed to speak our language. And, and, and even when we started to, uh, you know, when we look back a few years, when we started to learn to write. Um, uh, there was a guy named Egan, I, I can't remember his first name, but he was teaching the Cree people how to write. And then in teaching the Cree people how to write, the, his purpose was that they would read this book, uh, a religious book. Mm. And then but what they started to do, we learned to write, so we now we can write our contracts, right? And uh, they said, well, wait a minute. And then the people were speaking on it. So there was a, there was a lot of different... Um, Trying to minimize your guys' community coming together and sharing yeah, information yeah. So, and knowledge. I mean, so there's a lot of, um, uh, not, not the greatest news in, in some of this. And, um, but I, I've been really lucky that my mom has always talked about, hey, you know, this is, you know, we, I bring these things up. And she'd say, no, well, you know, here's one of the great things that we did. Not avoiding it, or maybe she was. I'm not sure. I don't think so. But she was always, okay, we can talk about that and discuss it, but let's not forget the celebrations we have. So it was more, not that they're not there, but, you know, we, we have to balance this conversation. Right? So mm-hmm. my mom would always uh, do that. And I, I just love hearing the stories from my mom. Great. Anything that we should know if we were going to join a, any sort of cultural important facts that we should know if we were going to join a celebration, like if we were going to join uh, Diwali's celebration, what, what would, should we be aware of or what should we be conscious of? No, there are no strict rules as such for Diwali. Uh, yeah, one thing you should know that uh, we don't do meat and non-vegetarian food on our auspicious occasions. Uh, so the meals would be completely veg and in case you you're co- going to a place for uh indian home for diwali and you want to take something a good idea would be to take something you know traditional indian food which you purchase from somewhere but uh just one uh, off list item is uh meat so no meat mm-hmm. that's all may i ask why there is no meat because um majority of our uh, cultures uh say that according to the old books that uh, gods don't you know eat non-veg and on those lines so mm-hmm. people do eat non-veg throughout the year but during the festivals they don't mm-hmm. they wouldn't eat non-veg for the five Just days of the respect, Diwali. Of yeah great. out of respect yes great chris chris uh for the chinese new year um if you go out eat or if you go to someone's place uh it's the launch that's the the the, the big deal not the dinner. Dinner is when you eat leftovers. Okay. <laughs> so you don't want to go there for dinner because everything will be gone. Uh, but I think now in restaurants, it's like, because they're in Canada, so it's, it's understandable. They have like pretty good dinner as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, traditionally, it's, it's you start the day, lunch. right? Yeah, it should, it should be lunch. I remember going to school in the morning and my parents having to go to work. So we didn't have time for lunch because we would have to be at school so we launched chinese new year's eating the same meal you would typically eat at lunch at seven in the morning so similar to starting the day starting the new year so very similar yeah um in our culture like uh, if you go in a festival normally people will just invite visitors Mm -hmm. like it's a blessing if i invite you i don't know you personally but if i invite you for like something to eat in my place it will be like um it's a good luck for me it's like it's like uh 
as a guest, you won't refuse it. Just mm. go inside and a piece of advice, if you go to the Philippines and every household will cook something, just try, like just eat a little bit in each house. <laughs> so you will basically try all the food that they're going to offer. Wow. Yeah, F Philippines is all about food. And here in Toronto, if you say Filipino party, it's not about the people, it's about the food. <laughs> That's basically who we are. <laughs> if I say, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to a party. Is it a Filipino party? Yeah. Oh, I'm coming. There's so much food. Yeah. That's who we are. Beautiful. Yeah. Michelle Wolfman. Any sort of cultural norms we should be aware of if attending a celebration? or Yeah, I mean, because we do uh, smudging in some of our ceremonies. And the smudge is... Again, the, depending on the different communities, uh, we smudge either with cedar, uh, tobacco, uh, sweetgrass. Um, and so it's definitely a, a no alcohol. No, we don't use that. Uh, and so, and the smudging is actually one of the, uh, so, uh, one of the four. So there's cedar, uh, cedar, uh, sweetgrass, sage, uh, which is three of them that we, we use for um, cleansing in, in some sort of way, right? Mm -hmm. And even as an elder, uh, we would put tobacco in and ask somebody to do something. <clears throat> and when, the, when you have the tobacco, you can actually put it down and give thanks for what you have. So that's why you, you give tobacco. So the more you did for the community, the more you would have. Okay. So so I, I would say that a big uh, first thing is you should give tobacco. That should yeah. be the first thing. Right? And, and I guess amongst all of them, probably it'd be just a great idea to ask. Right, if you've been invited to sure. invited to anybody's sort of yeah. cultural festival, it's a good idea to just sort of is there what what are, what norms should I practice? Is there anything I should or should not do? What should I wear? What should I bring? Right. TJ. Okay. In addition to that, like um, I know, like uh, a lot of non-Filipinos are not aware that in the Philippines, most of the celebrations during festivals. Everybody eats like using their bare hand. Like we share the food. Mm -hmm. Like we we always eat uh, what do you call that? A boodle fight system. So we have rice, all the food in front. Then we share all together using our bare hands. But nowadays here in Toronto, there's so many Filipino uh, restaurants who offers the same practice, and they're pretty like good. They're doing good. Like mm -hmm. uh, they're booked. Actually, oh, wow. most of the time, yeah, because like non-Philippines, they want to experience, like we call it kamayan, kamay means hand, so mm -hmm. eating using hand. Wow. Yeah, just to make sure if you go visit the Philippines, don't get shocked, like, oh, it's so unhygienic whatsoever, but that's the way it is. That's, that's culturally cool. appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, question, both hands? Uh, normally you use both hands if, let's say, you eat fish or something. If you need your uh, other hand, then it's fine. If it's not, then it's okay. You can tax or whatever. Well, there's so much food. You have to use both. <laughs> <laughs> and you need to eat fast. So. Why do you have to eat fast? Because you might get run out of food. Oh. No? <laughs> Raul, you want to say something about the hands? Yeah, the same thing. Like I just realized because we also eat with our hands traditionally. Not just on festivals, but on our regular yeah. meals as well. So like, if one has to like go, it would be better to you know try eating with bare hands. And he has specifically right hand because uh, we just don't eat with the left hand back in India. 
and uh, even if you're a left-handed person you're just told to eat with the right hand do whatever you want with the left hand mm-hmm. so yeah right hand is important and bare hands eating is a different thing people say that it gives a different taste to the food rather than eating from a spoon you know yeah so traditionally in, in india the left hand would be used for bathroom yeah, work the other so so yes. it would be considered impolite to touch food with the left hand yes exactly yeah so a very important cultural cultural yeah. um understanding there chef wolfman you wanted to say something yeah we have a, a a thing that we do we serve the elders first so whenever we have a feast um uh if there's an elder in the room and there's also a spirit plate that we do mm-hmm. so the the elder will grab a plate or we'll grab a plate the elder will smudge it uh, make sure it's clean and we'll put a plate outside for the to remember our ancestors and then the elder eats um, mm-hmm. the first plate so and that's always a, a way and, and I remember being with a, a friend of mine who was Chinese, Andy, and I said, uh, "We have to serve the elder the tea first. And said, "Don't want us." For sure. That's wrong. The elder, the elder, we wait till the tea is steeped. We want to make sure. And it was really interesting. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, okay. And uh, I don't, I don't know where he was from right. uh, in, in China, but he said, "No." He says, "If if I did that, they'd be so upset at me." So uh, actually, it's the opposite. So it's it's, and and then I talked to other. Uh, some other Chinese friends of mine said, no, no. So, because they said it, it's like giving them weak tea, that's not right. So it was really neat how, <laughs> I guess different families have it. You know, okay, and, yeah, and, oh, yeah. and even what we have, you know, when I, I can talk to some other cousins that are not too far down down the road, they say, well, yeah, they do that, but uh, our tradition is this because our, our mother has taught us this. Right? Yeah. So. Wow, so different celebrations have different subcategories of traditions and that, that go from state to state to house to house to village to village. Very, very interesting and fascinating. So i um, just like to take a moment to thank you all so much for coming in here and and spending uh, you know a little while with us t- talking about traditions. I know I'm hungry right now. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to have food on the next one? Yeah, we, 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 should, we should get together and do a, do a celebration for, for all of us. So we've been listening to Rahul. We've been listening to Chef David Wolfman. We've been listening to Chris and we've been listening to TG. Um, I'm Jason Innes. And I'm Wendy Ma. And thanks so much for joining us on the Chef Pod. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks. Thank you.